Well, babe, you're officially a mom. And you're officially a dad. <laughs> so my wife, Angela, is definitely my favorite blogger, YouTuber extraordinaire, and she's a pretty amazing wife, I must add. And my guess is that a lot of you have seen my husband, Matt, on TV or in the movies, Wyatt from Timeless, Liam from 90210, anyone? How about Chicago from Pitch Perfect 3? I mean, he's bringing the sexy. All right, all right. So if you guys didn't know, Angela and I created a podcast called Hello Bump to chronicle our journey as expecting first-time parents. We really just started it for something for us to look back on, but we ended up really loving our weekly chats. Yeah, so much that we couldn't stop there. I mean, now is the fun part, right? Now is the payoff for the nine months of pregnancy. Now is where our life begins. And we have a brand new beautiful baby girl, and we're so in love. <laughs> we want you guys to come on this new journey with us of figuring out, frankly, how to raise this little thing. We know it's going to be tough at times, but we also know that the rewards are great. Yeah, we're going to be chatting week to week about the joys and the struggles of learning how to do this parenting thing. And I'm pretty sure we'll mess up a lot. But from every mistake comes a lesson that hopefully we can pass on to you. So join us on this wild ride as we undertake our newest challenge, parenthood. Hello, Hello baby. baby. Hello, baby. Episode number 20. <laughs> Did you forget for a second there? I just spit everywhere. Did you see that? Always keeping it classy. I actually feel like maybe I see it on the microphone. Is that wrong? Is that like a piece of... That's just fuzz. Okay. That's not my spit. Whew. No dribble. All right. Um, episode number 20. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk all we're about... We're just chugging along here. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk all about... Oh, the milk of the mother on today's episode. Why did I just envision the mother of <laughs> apple cider vinegar? Remember that that, <laughs> that crud that floats along there? It's called the mother. Isn't it called? It, I think it's called the milk of the mother, isn't it? Or the mother's no, it's just milk? called mother. Mother? It's called the mother, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, but that's what we're doing. You've you found the correct podcast. Uh, if you wanted to learn about babies, parenting, breastfeeding, uh, breast milk, we're going to talk about a lot of things uh, this episode. We're going to cover it all. Well, we think, yeah, yeah, we all think. the bases. We've oh. got a, a quite a few things here that we we're going to talk about. And uh, we're your two hosts. My name is Matt Lanter, and my name is Angela Lanter. Uh, I'm an actor. I'm a Christian. I'm also a Jedi. Uh, Are you reading your bio right now? From Twitter. Go on over there to follow me at Twitter at Matt Lanter. And um, <laughs> and then I just snotted. <laughs> you stop see that? spitting and snotting <laughs> on my microphone. I laughed and I snotted. <laughs> Guys, we're just still recovering from this cold. Baby's fine, but you and I, yeah. we just can't kick the congestion. Anyhow, uh, and. Uh, I'm also a, a father now of mm -hmm. a sweet baby girl named McKinley. She's six months old. In front of me is my wifey. Uh, she's also the mother mm -hmm. uh, and the supplier of the milk of the mother. Oh, gosh. For uh, What is wrong with you? For all this knowledge. You're going to hear a lot from her this episode because clearly she has more firsthand experience than I do. That I would hope so. so uh, Unless I, you're lactating as well. I've been known. Okay. Let's jump into this episode number 20 of breastfeeding. Here we go.
All right. Well, now that we got that whole intro out of the way, mm-hmm. let's um, start talking about what we wanted to talk about. Oh, my gosh. But wait a minute. First of all, oh, it has been a hot one in L.A. this week. Yeah, it's been gnarly. Oh, my loudy. It's been gross. I mean, we're talking like 110, 113. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The heat has just been just getting to us so we are happy to be in our nice cool hello baby studios i could do without the soap in my mouth right now i feel like i said something dirty so i had to get my mouth washed out with soap what you've been mentioning to me now about five times you have soap in your mouth yeah it's disgusting i I, it's kind of an embarrassing story i don't really want to share it well make it quick but we want to hear it well my invisalign I went to put them in my mouth and I accidentally dropped them in the kitchen sink with dirty dishes. So I thought, oh, I'll wash them with soap. Okay. I washed them with soap and put them back in my mouth. And you didn't rinse good. Apparently not because my mouth tastes like a Dove bar. It's not Dove soap, but that's what it tastes like. It's hmm. gross. It smells good. It tastes bad. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well. Can't shake it. Well, you, you got a nasty soap taste, mouth. but you're going to have straight What if teeth. I want to burp a bubble? I dare you. I'll give you... $150 if you can burp a bubble. That would be like you taking I'll money out of my you, pocket and giving it back to I'll me. I'll also give you $50 if you can say burp a bubble 50. Uh, no, wait. Uh, burp a bubble 10 times. Burp a bubble. <laughs> I can't, can't do, even it do it. it. Burp a bubble. Boom. Burp a bubble. 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 First of all, you failed the $50. You're not getting that. But do you know what that sounded like? It sounded like the intro to bubble, 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 bubble. It did. I was thinking that. Bubble butt. Bubble, 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 bubble butt. butt. Bubble butt. <laughs> yep, that's what it sounded like. Oh, boy. All right. This well, is why we're, we're together. We're both equally as weird as each other. Because we're six minutes in and haven't started talking about the milk of the mother. Would you just quit calling it that? That's so weird. <laughs> You're weirder than me. That's all there is to it. Yeah, so we're going to talk about breastfeeding, lactating, all of that good stuff today. Yeah, um, you know, we wrote a few things down, and <clears throat> let's be honest here about this particular episode. We yeah. actually recorded this some time ago. At three, the three-month mark, actually, we recorded it. And if you guys remember, we had uh, an episode where we you know, we interviewed Dr. Harvey Karp. Mm-hmm. That was, my computer crashed. Mm-hmm. Hello, baby computer crashed. And this was also an episode that we lost. Mm-hmm. So we are having to go back six months now later uh i should say she's six months old and we are re-recording this entire breastfeeding episode uh but perhaps it's a good thing because we've got that much more experience and um uh things like that to talk about now so yeah well well i just forget a lot because i was fresh at the three month mark so i'm hoping that we can yeah still be a wealth of knowledge well we're going to try. We always are. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and we want to thank today's first sponsor of the episode, Canvas People. Angela and I just got back from vacation, and we took some incredible photos down there on the beach, didn't we, baby? We did. I mean, <laughs> some of these photos of McKinley. Oh, like my gosh. Her and I on the beach, uh, For she's like dipping her feet mm-hmm. in the sand for the first time, and they're just amazing photos 
really, really cherish them. It's well, because the, I'm such a fantastic photographer. Yeah, that's definitely it. <laughs> you know, the technology's gotten a little better with phones nowadays, too. Especially with portrait mode. Yeah, portrait mode's incredible. Well, so we have all these all these pictures, and like most people, it's all on our phones now. We yeah. just sit there, and we have these amazing photos on our phones. We, we rarely do anything Which is it. great to swipe through and look at them, but like we don't get to enjoy them. Yeah, I mean, you, you take these beautiful things. You want to you wanna do something more than, A, storing them away on your phone that you'll sometimes maybe swipe through, maybe not, and then, B, you take up all the storage on your phone. They're just... So what better way to get them off your phone or reproduce them or print them? And that's where Canvas People comes in. Mm -hmm. Canvas People is a website. You go, you upload your photo. You can do all sorts of uh, printing on Canvas People. Yeah. You can do pillows. You can do mugs. You can do, um, you know, larger canvases, smaller canvases. They, they have all sorts of stuff. My and mom actually just used them to print a canvas and she was really pleasantly surprised with the quality she thought she said that the canvas turned out beautiful well actually your mom used our coupon code she did she, she did she jumped right on that yeah so we actually do have a coupon code for you guys all of our hello baby listeners you're gonna love canvas people and so now we have a special code it'll get you an 11 by 14 canvas people print for free that's a 70 dollar value all you do is pay the shipping and handling you, you just visit canvaspeople.com. You upload your photo and enter the special code BABY. I'm totally going to do this. I need a new canvas for my studio. Why you not? Yeah. I mean, we're still decorating our house, so I, we're definitely going to take advantage of this. Yeah. But anyway, it's a limited time offer for today's listener. Go to canvaspeople.com and use code BABY for your free print. Okay. Breastfeeding 101. Firstly, is it weird that I'm like leading this talk on breastfeeding, considering like I don't have boobs, I don't have milk, I, mean, I don't have the experience? Like, should I, should you lead this entire thing? Well, you have a breastfeeding wife and a breastfed daughter. So, I mean, you very much have been a part of this. Yeah. About the whole process and like, and I pump so that you can give her a bottle so you can be a part of it. Yeah. So, okay. no, I don't think it's weird. All right. All right. Well, you know, some of the stuff I'm sure that we've mentioned or talked about in various episodes of maybe even Hello Bump. Yeah. I know we have uh, back when like your colostrum and stuff first started coming in. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to touch on it again to totally encapsulate all that is breastfeeding. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I was a little intimidated about the thought of breastfeeding before having her. Were you at all? Just because it was like, it was so much a breast is best. And that's what you hear all the time. Breast is best. And then like, I thought, well, what if I can't do it? What if I don't want to do it? What if she won't take it? Take the breast. Like all of these things. So I had a lot of intimidation. Well, I was not intimidated. But looking back and remembering, uh, there is a lot of emphasis put on breastfeeding. Yeah. I mean, we took, I mean, there's lactation classes, there's breastfeeding classes, there's... Yeah, lactation consultants. Um, consultants. In fact, we we went to one. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we did a whole like birthing class, private series. Uh, coaching series thing that we did. You know, we talked about this already on mm -hmm. Hello Bump, but I think one, one of the full classes uh, that we went to with her was all about breastfeeding, all Pretty about much one of them was, lactation, yeah. all about getting the baby to latch on mm -hmm. and, you know, 
And they, of course, she's a lactation consultant, so of course she stressed the importance of breastfeeding you know, over formula feeding. And, and let me, let's just put this blanket statement out there again right now. No judgment on anyone, Mm-mm. on whatever you want to do. I don't believe, I mean, let me say this. I believe that scientifically stating, or like when you look up the scientific reasons for breastfeeding, breast is best. But let's be honest, fed is best. Because not everybody can breastfeed. And I hate that they put that pressure on women. Mm, that's an interesting point. Fed is best. Well, I mean, clearly, I think you and I, we, we obviously believe that breastfeeding is supposed to be uh, done. I mean, you're right. The, the, sci- the scientific like facts for breastfeeding are, are pretty overwhelming. As a matter of fact, I I didn't even expect to talk about all this, but because so I didn't go back and like look at facts or anything. But you know, if you like look up all the scientific stuff and like how the development and all that, it's pretty clear that breastfed babies uh, do have a developmental advantage, and uh, it's meant to be that way. Obviously, God made us with the intention and made women's bodies do this. And um, you know what I found interesting, and maybe you guys can comment back on us. And this is our, our lactation. Uh, consultant consultant told us this she said sometimes in the hispanic culture they don't feed the baby colostrum but they do feed the baby the milk they value the milk but think the colostrum is some thing is dirty it's like dirty in Mm -hmm. some ways which i found so interesting i had no idea i'd never heard that either um if you know if any of our listeners are hispanic and, and know anything about that or even if you aren't and you just know about it Shoot us some comments. We're really curious about that. We we never actually looked it up or inquired about that any further than that than that day. But it's so interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering the reasons why. Yeah, because they say scientifically that colostrum, which is the is it actually a thicker substance? It's like yellow. It's thicker. It's there's not much volume. You don't at all. You don't produce much at all. Like wasn't it like just a few drops at a time and that only happens a few times a day or something like that? I think so. And colostrum, I mean, for those, I guess for those that might not know anything about anything, colostrum is what comes out prior to breast milk. And oftentimes, you know, when the woman is like, what, seven months, I think, pregnant, you actually had some like little bits of colostrum coming out, little drops, I should say. I did. Of colostrum. Yeah, I'd wake up in my pajamas would like be Like little wet. stains. Mm-hmm. And uh, colostrum is supposedly like an even more densely nutritionally packed fluid than even breast milk. Um, and it serves a, ma- a major purpose once the, once the baby is born for like several days before the real milk really comes in. So our experience with colostrum, I remember, I might have already told the story, but we were sitting in bed one night and... Um, no, we were in the kitchen. Was it the kitchen? Mm-hmm. We were in the kitchen. <clears throat> No, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You're so, in the kitchen. Wait, wait, I wait. Hold on. So you're just, you're just, you're just boobs out in the kitchen one night. No, I could feel it, and I said, "Hey, look at this," and I pulled my top down. Hey, get a load of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So I remember seeing it then, and I remember seeing it looked like like yellow. It just was weird. It was like fluid coming out of your nipple. Yep. And clearly, I'd never experienced this before. I was this is my first baby, and I've never had a uh, wife or uh, any a girlfriend or anybody who was lactating. So um, that freaked me out. I literally screamed. 
I literally saw it coming out you of did, your nipple. You did, like a little girl. And it wasn't even shooting out. It was just like, it was just kind of like on your nipple. And I literally went, ah! You did. <laughs> like, what the heck is that? Just like that. So uh, that was that was interesting. But after that, once we kind of learned, like, that's what it is. And, oh, yeah, this is good. Then we were really optimistic because we were like, oh, man, this is great. If you're starting to have some of this colostrum come through now, maybe that means that you're actually going to have like a good supply of milk. Yeah. And that's something that you really wanted to do. I did. I really wanted to be able to breastfeed. It was something that was important to me. Um, I felt a lot of pressure to do it. Uh, From who? Just in general, because I feel really? like, I feel like there's so many like breast is best people out there and you know, like they really push it on you. Like even at the hospital, I mean, they, they wouldn't even so much as allow us to give her a pacifier at the hospital because they didn't want to give her nipple confusion and stuff. Like it's just very, very so frowned you... upon to give formula to a baby. So it was just something that was really important to me because I felt like. So you're just saying as a mother uh, and, and you felt a lot of pressure just from the fact of motherhood and other mothers and things like that to make sure you breastfeed. I properly. mean, look, I would have wanted to breastfeed regardless. It's something that my mom my whole life has talked about and that, you know, she's encouraged all of my friends to do. She thought that it was just the best thing that you can do for your baby. So it was something that I always wanted to do. But I, I, I just feel like, especially here in LA, it's just something that's very like pushed. Breastfeeding. I think, it's just, I think it's probably pushed everywhere. Probably, but it just feels like it very much so out here. And, um, yeah, so I felt, I felt pressure about it, but it was something that I wanted to do and I would have done regardless had I had those feelings. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, uh, we, you know, go through all of our classes. I do remember you saying once we went through our classes that I think you felt intimidated and anxious and nervous after leaving the breastfeeding class. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was that specific day that you left going like, oh, I'm a little nervous now. I wasn't. And now I am. Well, I, I did that especially over the um, natural birth videos because mm -hmm. we had in, in our mind that we were going to do a C-section because she was breech. And then watching the natural birth videos, it was like, wait a minute, this is a whole different mindset we have to get into. And I yeah. think that was oh, also the day that it was the breastfeeding. So it was just yeah. a lot. Also, the thing that breastfeeding, it, it is wonderful it's God created it. It's fantastic. It's convenient. Like I don't have to warm up a bottle. Like when she's hungry, I, I just literally nurse her and that's it. Cause it's at a great 98.6 degrees. Right. But the, the disadvantage to that is that it is all me, you know, like right. a lot of stress on you. It's, it's, I am the sole provider of her meals and I am well not at this point, but yeah. Well now she's starting to eat solids. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like for the last six months I have been. Yeah. Like if we're out and she's hungry, I can't be like, hey, can you give her a bottle? Unless I, I pumped a bottle, prepared the bottle, brought the bottle with us. So there's a lot of things that, so it, it, to me, you know, I carried her for nine months. I'm taking care of her around the clock and I'm feeding her around the clock. So it's just that, do you see where I'm saying there's just a lot of pressure that comes along with breastfeeding? Yeah. It's like, it's not shared. That the feeding aspect is not shared with you or the husband, right? Because you're you're just helpless in that yeah. department. So yeah, yeah, I'm just a bump on a log, basically, pretty much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
we left the class and, uh, you know, there, there's just, there's just a lot of talk about it. And I think looking back now, this is our personal experience. And we've been blessed that this came easy to our baby and to Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there was more made of it than what it is. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of women who have a hard time. Well, okay. That's fair. But that's why I prefaced it saying we've been blessed with a great, you know, McKinley's great at, you know, doing it and you're, you're able to produce. I was going to say manufacture. <laughs> no, I, we have been very blessed because McKinley isn't tongue tied. That's a big issue for a lot of babies. You know, mm-hmm. she didn't have problems latching. Yeah. I mean, I was going to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, we are, but the thing is, is that that's all, you know, and I, and I know other women who mm-hmm. th- don't, that wasn't experience. their story. Well, okay. That's a fair statement. I guess I'm just meaning, um, not as big of a deal, not as much to be nervous about. Yeah. But no, I agree with that for us, for us, there, there really wasn't as much to be nervous about as I thought there, there needed to be. Uh, because it, it's all made out to be such a big deal, and then for us, you know, it it came it came easier. Yeah. And so m- maybe time spent in worry would have been spent better in other areas of learning before she was born. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I yeah, but I see what you're saying. For other people, it's a whole different thing. So I I get. But it. you don't know what camp you're in. Now for That's true. our next baby, I I know what camp that I'm in, at least with this one. Will it be exactly the same? I don't know, but I would count on it being the same, at least yeah. on my end. Yeah. So, um, so what did you, well, you started like? We started seeing colostrum at what at about seven months or something, right? Yeah, something. It was pretty early, and you continued to have colostrum. Yeah. Here uh, and until there. the day she was born. Uh huh. Yeah. So, baby was born. Uh. And we, Angela had a C-section, in case mm-hmm. you're late to the party here, <laughs> and uh, rolled her into recovery after the C-section. And that's where the nurses put McKinley on her boob for the first time. And she latched right away. It was really incredible. I have no recollection, so. <laughs> well, I've got recollection, and yeah. that's, I guess that's what I can speak on. And it was pretty awesome. I mean... It's so, it blows my mind. I was so like impressed with God that night that the baby comes out and a nothing to do with breastfeeding, but was, was calmed. It like the moment that she was put on your chest, you know, she was crying when she came out and as soon as she got put on your chest, she calmed down. That was amazing. Like to to nurse or just skin to skin? No, just skin to skin. Just put it, just laid on your chest. I hate that I don't have any memories of that. She, she calmed down, just laid on your chest. That was amazing to me. And then the second amazing thing was that uh, that she had this inherent and natural like sucking mechanism that she started mm-hmm. um, like right as she was put on your breast. And I, I just think that's amazing like that they're born just with the know-how and the instinct. That's the correct word. The understanding that that's what they, that need, that's to what do. they need to do. Yeah. And then on top of that, which I didn't really learn this until kind of like I guess at least during or days afterwards – is that the baby's really not getting they're not getting milk. No. They're not getting milk. They're they're getting a little bit of colostrum and that's after they sit there and suck and suck and suck and the poor little things are getting little drops of colostrum which they say, like I mentioned earlier, is completely uh nutritionally balanced in everything they need. 
But looking back on those first few days of hospital stay, we think our kid was starving. I think that's why the, the babies cry the first like three, four days when you're in the hospital still. I mean, McKinley sure did. We had a, we had a, a crying baby. I mean, she's a great baby now, but we had a crying baby the first three, four nights. Yeah. And it's looking back, we think she was starving. She, she was, was probably starving. getting drips of colostrum and not milk. And the thing is, is that the nurses, they tell you, oh, no, they're, they're fine. They're not starving. Well, they're... I'm just sitting here thinking, like, if I was getting a couple of droplets, no matter how small my stomach is... Yeah, that's not even enough to wet your palate. Like, I think crazy. I think the nurses are trying to reassure you that they're getting the nutrients that they need. But they're definitely not... They're like, not satisfied. They're not satisfied. No. So, here's a little stat here about colostrum. It says colostrum is very concentrated. And volume produced is extremely small. Most mothers will have teaspoons rather than ounces during the first 24 hours of birth and average 24 hours after birth average of 37 milliliters of colostrum what is that 30 and okay an ounce contains 30 milliliters so basically one ounce of colostrum just over one ounce of colostrum is what they're getting in that first that's actually more than i thought it was but one ounce over a 24 hour period that's nothing yeah, true. That's literally just enough to wet their little throats every now and then. Babies taking an average of 7 to 14 milliliters at each feeding. So maybe less than half an ounce or maybe a quarter of an ounce. Wow. Either way, not very much. Um, but I thought that was awesome that she latched on, McKinley did, mm-hmm. within... An hour of being born within, let's see, it took about, well, yeah, no, that's that's completely accurate. It took so about 40, 45 her... minutes to uh, stitch you up, and then we got out, and literally within 10 minutes, probably, the nurse put her on you. And Okay, so you didn't do it. The nurse did it. The, yeah, yeah, the nurse did it. I, and then after we got a recovery and into our own room, like, she she continued to nurse, I think, right, throughout the the evening the night Mm -hmm. but were you putting her on me or was i doing it because i really have no memory at all it was mostly the nurses the first couple of days uh the nurses are really there to do everything i mean honestly i didn't even have to handle the baby at all if i didn't want to in the first couple of days now obviously they start to like back off a little bit and you want to do things and i think they also try to encourage like dad and mom to do it but definitely that first night the nurses were right there to grab the baby put her on you make sure that she's latched in the best way no i didn't do any of that stuff i mean i i held her i slept with her that first night um but i didn't put her per, you know i was so scared that she's like so frail yeah and the nurses of course they just like throw her around like you know they handle hundreds of babies so like she's a rag doll <laughs> yeah poor little thing so we had her on a Saturday night. I want to, okay, so all day Sunday. So Monday morning is when our moms came in. I specifically remember that by the time our moms arrived on Monday morning, that I was already having cracked and bleeding nipples. Do you remember that? Yeah. Let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah. So there are two things that you can do for your nipples, because let's be honest, you, you're going to hurt and there's just no getting around that. So babies... Is every couple hours they call it uh, cluster feeding. Yes. And basically, the babies want to tr- 
eat or try to eat every couple hours. And sometimes uh, multiple times an hour. And so that literally feels for the mom like they're just constantly on there sucking and sucking and sucking. And I would say it's, it wasn't fun for you because, no, I mean, the physical sensation of that started to cause you pain, but also you can tell that the baby's not satisfied. It's just not a pleasant experience probably for either party. No, it's not. Um, and, you know, they're like, they're learning how to do it, but I can imagine for them that's frustrating. Yeah. That they're doing this thing that they think they need to be doing, but they're not really getting what they need to get. And, well, you know, arguable again, I know. But uh, anyway, so your nipples got sore and cracked and bleeding. They're, they were bleeding. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you have two options to soothe your nipples in between nursing. And one is lanolin, which is the cream. Or it's those gel pads that like stick on. I'll link all of this, by the way, on the blog. Um, the the um, gel pads ended up being my favorite because it was they were cool and they were soothing as soon as they touched the skin. I personally didn't find that lanolin did anything for me. Now, and you can't use them together. You have to use one or the other. Now, did the hospital supply both of those for you? So we brought our own lanolin, okay. but then they gave us the gel soothies. Okay. They actually stick on and you can... I actually stored mine in the refrigerator. Do you remember that? In our hotel room? Or, I mean, our birthing room? No, once we got home. I think I ordered some on Amazon. That's right, yeah. And they were here waiting for us, and I kept them in the refrigerator. Yeah, you did. Because one pa- one set of um, the stick-ons lasted 72 hours, I think. Yeah. So then the next set would be in the refrigerator being cold, so that when mm-hmm. I put them on, it, it just felt like soothing to me. So you highly recommend that to any new mom? I highly recommend that. Maybe lanolin will work for other people. It just, it did not, it did nothing for me. Well, I could see where a cooling gel is just it's so soothing. one more step of comfort as opposed to just the cream. The cream didn't do anything, literally mm. nothing. So we went home on Tuesday. Monday I was cracked and bleeding. They gave me the gel soothies. Went home on Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, it was Thursday before my milk came in. That's a long time. Yeah. So we had a very cr- angry, crying, sad baby until Thursday. And you could tell when my milk came in because her, her countenance changed. was completely different. What was that word? Countenance. What is that? Like her persona, I guess. Her like per- persona? I guess like so. as a performer? She just she just was a completely <laughs> yeah, different baby. Was. Yeah. She was. And I don't even think I knew that it came in. I know a lot of people say they have this sensation, and I feel that sensation all the time when my milk comes down, but I don't think I knew that my milk came in. At the time, you didn't I realize what I did. was happening? I felt like a stinging up here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pointing to that area, like, right underneath your collarbones, I guess. Uh-huh, yeah. That I felt, remember I was complaining of, like, a stinging sensation, yeah, like yeah. a burning? Mm-hmm. And, and now I, you in know In hindsight, that I think that that's what that, that was. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it was it was just kind of crazy that all of a sudden it was like we snapped our fingers and we had a different baby. Yeah. Like and, she just changed so much. And then she got chunky thighs. Yes, she did. <laughs> she sure did. So in that meantime, though, the gel soothies made all the difference. Here's what happened, though. My milk came in fast and furious and I got engorged. Mm, that's right. I remember that. That was the next day. Milk came in Thursday, Friday I was engorged. Was it that quick? It was that quick. 
Now, why were you engorged? Like she wasn't drinking enough to get it out or it was just... I think it's pretty common. It's just the start process. I think it's pretty common. I think that my breasts just filled up with milk out of nowhere. It's almost as if like your your ducts and everything that, you know, connect into your nipples and whatever. It's almost like they're just not completely open and ready. Maybe. Let me let me let's let's use let's use an analogy. It's as if your highways to the nipple oh, were not completely open. Yet they were still being paved. Oh my gosh! And the but the the traffic, the cars were already there, so they just bottlenecked up for a little bit until like, you know, nature finished paving your nipples. Are you done? Yeah, I think people really understand what I'm trying to say now. Another thing in hindsight, I think that my milk took a while to come down, to because they starved me at the hospital. Well. You sort of starved yourself. Mm-mm. They wouldn't let me have anything to eat. Because you kept complaining of nausea. They Okay, so they I didn't eat all day Saturday because I had to wait for the surgery. They didn't give me anything to eat all day Sunday. Then finally on Monday, I think that they gave me some graham crackers. Well, here's the thing, guys. Don't let Angela like make you think that the hospital starved her. They did. And did this to her because... They did. She complained that she was nauseous, and so they gave her Benadryl, which is unfortunately the reason why she kind of got knocked out in the C-section. Doesn't remember it because she had Benadryl because they, they told gave her- me the Benadryl for itching. It was Fenergan that they gave me for nausea. Okay, well, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so because of the nausea and all that kind of stuff, they didn't. You weren't feeling. Your stomach wasn't great, and so you weren't ready to eat like uh, food. I remember specifically I remember for a couple on of days. Sunday, which was New Year's Eve, specifically that they gave me chicken broth and I'm like, can I have something more than this? And they're like, no. Mm. You don't remember that? No. I, I, I as I remember it, you were not ready for food. Man, I do. And uh I mean by the time you ate, you would but that's a good point. You know, it maybe that's why it took a few days for your milk to come in, and maybe that's not uh, I think it's nor it's normal for milk to not come in, but I think that my milk longer. probably could have come in sooner. Yeah. I guess that's a con of a C-section. If you had not, maybe, you know, you wouldn't have had all the medication and the nausea stuff. Well, maybe you would have. I don't know. As a breastfeeding mom, I've learned really quickly how important it is to have tops, bras, pajamas, dresses, just everything that are going to make me feel good, but also let me nurse easily because it is not fun being out in public trying to lift your shirt, but also stay covered. You know what I mean? <laughs> so with Kindred Bravely, I've found the ultimate comfort in nursing wear. And so what Kindred Bravely is, they're an awesome mom run company devoted to creating maternity and nursing clothes that are comfortable, beautiful, and useful. Yeah. And Angel still looks pretty hot. You know, it's <laughs> nursing clothes. So I'll give him a thumbs up. If you go over to kindredbravely.com, you can see their clothes and you can enter coupon code LANTER20 at checkout to save 20% on your order. That's pretty cool. So basically, if you're pregnant or nursing or you have somebody in your life who falls into those two categories or one of those two categories, or you just love comfy clothes, you need Kindred Bravely in your life. So go to kindredbravely.com. It's K-I-N-D-R-E-D, bravely.com. Enter code lanter 20 in all caps at your checkout and you get 20% off your order. 
So yeah. back to the engorgement. I yeah. know we've shared this before, but if you guys haven't heard that story, Matt had um, some firsthand experience. We got in the shower. Literally. We got in the shower and I was milking her boob. Mm-hmm. It was shooting out like a sprinkler. It, it was shooting and shooting and shooting. And my God. It was I, just one that got engorged. It wasn't both. I had to press so hard that my arms were like shaking basically because her boob was so hard and I had to press so hard and the milk was like shooting across the shower just over and over and over mm-hmm. uh, as I was pressing. And uh, that was a pretty wild experience. <laughs> I know I, I remember saying this. I got about 25% turned on. <laughs> as I had stitches across my gut. Well, yeah, I'm only human. Um, the one thing that I want to say before I forget is that one boob is definitely bigger than the other. Yeah. And it's been like that since the day my milk came in. Yeah, we call we call one the one that's bigger, we call it champ. Because that one does produce about More twice milk. as much milk. Yeah. And do you remember what the pediatrician said the reason for that is? No. Well, um, one of her follow-up appointments going to see the pediatrician, I talked about how one of my breasts was large, larger than the other. And she goes, um, are you right-handed? I said, yeah. She goes, is it your left breast that's bigger? I said, yeah. She goes, it's always the hand that you don't write with that is the larger boob every time. That's weird. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. I, I, I almost know. would think that the side that you write with would be bigger because you use those muscles in that side of your body more. But isn't that true for all women? Like most of the time, breasts are not the same size. Like whether... I think that that's very common, but I don't remember ever before getting pregnant, one of one being bigger than the other. Do you? I, I don't really remember it. If it was, um, it would be. It was slight, it was and, and now it's, it's exaggerated by the breastfeeding. Now it's significant. You can, yeah, you can tell. You can tell even with my bra on. You can tell. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's crazy, but yeah, that's just something that you have to look forward to if you are currently pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was not fun, but we got it all. You know, enough of it expressed out, and in the you know, you, the pain was relieved. Yeah. And so the reason we do that in the shower is because there's something about heat being applied to the, your shoulders that allows the milk to come down. Well, I mean, and it sprays all over the place. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but the heat, like, um, they even have you put, um, the heating pad across your shoulders too, before nursing, if you're having a problem with, um, supply in those early days. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so we wanted to, so let's kind of move on from the uh, beginnings of it all, and let's get into, you know, now now just the, the, the whole, like, you're, you're in it, your routine. Yeah. Let's talk about... Uh, well, before ta- we do that, I'd like to talk really quickly, because I feel like this is important, is that I had a heavy letdown, okay. and is that something that I have experienced with any of my girlfriends who have breastfed? Um, McKinley, those first few weeks of life was incredibly gassy, incredibly, incredibly gassy that, mm-hmm. I mean, the, we took it to the doctor and that's not unusual. I think that most newborns are gassy, but she was uncomfortable, gassy, screaming oh, yeah. and All crying time, yeah. and she wasn't colicky, but she was gassy And what we learned is that I had a very heavy letdown. My milk came down fast and it came down hard and she couldn't keep up and she was swallowing a lot of air. And you said multiple times that you could hear her swallowing the 
the air, like mm. gulping it down. Yeah, I felt that way. Yeah. And she would she would get so overwhelmed that she would actually pull off and get sprayed in the face mm-hmm. because she just couldn't keep up with my supply. So that is something that I went through. And um, if you guys are currently going through that, I just want to encourage you that it does get better. Like, well, all of a sudden, she just woke up one day and gas was no longer an issue. Yeah, I mean, man, we did a lot of stuff. Bicycle legs, gripe water, uh, all kinds of stuff to help. I mean, like probiotics, probiotic daily, multiple mm-hmm. times daily because she was in so much pain. But now looking back, if we had a second child that had the same, we kind of know. And maybe maybe we would just put it in a bottle maybe, and, and slow down the this, pace until yeah. the little systems understand how to, how to process. But it makes me wonder if my supply will be the same if I have yeah, another I one. I don't know. It's interesting. But we, we know those signs now. So mm-hmm. it's. It'll be yeah. much easier for us to decipher. Yeah. Well, hey, real quick, since you kind of said it, um, talking about gassy baby and stuff, let's talk about some of those foods and stuff that you eat do affect your breast milk. I believe that. Everything you read online says that it doesn't, and I think that that's malarkey. Okay, Grandma. <laughs> Specifically, we have a couple of instances that we really, we really feel this evident. You ate Indian food one night. Mm-hmm. This is how many Valentine's months? Valentine's Day. It was February. about a month and a half in. Your dad oh. was here when we did wow. that. Wow. Okay. About six weeks in, mm-hmm. you had some Indian food, curry, mm-hmm. not even anything that was like spicy. It what it did end up being spicy, but it normally isn't. Remember, they messed oh, up that, our order. That they messed it up. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay, so it was spicy. You went ahead and ate some of it, mm-hmm. and the next day. Uh, well, I, it was the next day or like the day after that, after she'd gotten the next day's milk. Oh man, you could tell the poor kid was in pain. It was terrible. She was screaming bloody murder. And we, every time I fed her, she would scream. Yeah. So, and so much that we, you know, cause Angela's pumping and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, you know, the milk that she was pumping and McKinley was not directly feeding. Uh, we went back later and threw out that milk. Well, once we figured out that's what it was, I pumped and dumped and we unfroze some of my old supply and gave it to her. And then that, and then she was okay. So yeah. that's what made us know that it was what I had eaten that was disturbing her yeah. belly. Yeah. Um, also, we think that ga- like gassy foods that typically make adults or anybody gassy do affect your milk. A hundred percent they do. Tonight you said that she cried and cried out and, and tooted mm-hmm. at bedtime. Yep. I ate um, broccoli yesterday and my stomach, I woke up with a stomach ache today. I don't understand that. I, I guess I need to know the science behind green or, ga- or gassy type foods such as broccoli and sprouts and things like that because I don't understand it. I mean, I think thought it was a digestion thing like your body didn't digest broccoli as finely or whatever is just like you know a regular carb i guess that's not the case because clearly it's passing through the liquid in your milk the like the what would what would it be not the hormones but like the i, I don't know whatever's in broccoli the enzymes in broccoli enzymes yeah that's what you're looking for so it's like a gassy enzyme not the digestion process itself that makes it gassy food yeah i mean here's the thing that newborn baby digestive system that when they come out of the body, out of the womb, they're so delicate. They're so raw. They're so delicate that every little thing disturbs them. Now her digestive system is so much stronger that she doesn't really respond to what I eat as much. 
but every once in a while I will see it. Mm-hmm. And tonight I think was one of those times possibly. Mm-hmm. But I think that we just take for granted that they come out of the womb and they're this little human and they should be able to digest milk and all these things. But it's not that way. In our right. bellies for in my belly for nine months, she never had to worry about eating anything. It was just planted into her body. She never worried about swallowing air or swallowing at all. Yeah. So like all of these things are new and her body's trying to sort it out and she's getting used to all of those sensations. So again, I feel like you can't judge a baby based off of their first, you know, week of life. That's not the baby that you're going to end up with. Yeah, true. Okay. Um, let's talk about um, your pumping schedule. Yeah. Now or back then? Um, Maybe give me give me the one that was like back then and kind of what you're doing now. It's kind of the same, I guess, when you think about it. But um, about six weeks is when we decided to start giving her a bedtime bottle after I read Mom's on Call. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of controversy on, on social media about this recently. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of people responded to you about it. Dude, the trolls crawled out of their hole over this one. We decided to give her a bottle at bedtime so that we could actually see how much milk she was getting. And we feel like that played a big role in her sleep and how much she was sleeping, like how much milk she was getting, almost like a gas tank. And we started this at six weeks. So just a disclaimer, we didn't start out by giving her like six ounces of milk right off the bat. We we started off small and we, oh, just, yeah. and we maybe like three ounces. Yeah. And when she cried after the three ounces, we knew, okay, that wasn't enough. We need to give her another ounce. Mm-hmm. And slowly over time, she's gotten to, she now takes eight ounces at bedtime. And she's been taking eight for a while now, several months. But you got to understand, we've got an eater on our hands. Again, chubby thighs. She's, but I also have a big supply. Like when I pump, I get usually between eight to 12 ounces, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, in one pumping session. I'm not saying that to brag because I know that a lot of women can't get that. That's just what my body produces. Um, so the way that we do it is when I get up in the morning, um, if I wake up way before her and I know she's not going to be up for several hours and my breasts are full, I'll pump. And I'll either put that in the refrigerator or I'll, or I'll freeze it. And then when she gets up, I'll feed her. Most days I'm getting up when she gets up. So I just go ahead and, and breastfeed her. And my, my breasts are so, super full. And, um, if after I feed her, I feel like I still have more left than I'll pump. I haven't done that recently, but especially around the six to, I don't know, 12 week mark, I was really pumping after that first initial feeding. Mm-hmm. Then I feed her every three hours throughout the day. Now it's, it's a little bit less cause she's starting to, we've introduced solids. Then at bedtime she gets her bottle. So as soon as she's down for the night, I go and I pump. And then I wait, and then right before we go to bed, which is pretty late, because you and I stay up pretty late. Usually about midnight. I pump again. Yeah. And so that usually takes me until my next morning session. Mm-hmm. Slowly, I had to wean it out, wean it to that point when she stops start when she starts sleeping through the night, because I was waking her up every morning at five a.m. to feed her, because my my breast would get so full that it would wake me up at night. Yeah. At five a.m. and I would have to go feed her. And finally, my mom was like, why are you disturbing her sleep? If she's not hungry, don't wake her up. Let her wake you up. And so I stopped. And um, I just realized that if I stay up a little bit later and pump, then I can sleep through that five o'clock feeding. And so that's how I, I did that personally. So now, I, I, now I'm really only pumping most nights one time a night. 
and then going to bed and then in the morning. But that's because my body's gotten used to it. Your body responds to your body begins to make as much milk as what the baby needs. Mm. Like I I don't make as much milk now as I did a month ago. And I didn't then than I did the month before that. Because she just doesn't need as much anymore. Yeah. Because, of know? course, now at six months, she's eating solids. Yeah. She's eating uh, oatmeal fruits and, and veggies fruit and oatmeal. And yogurt. And, yeah. She's she's doing all the things. I didn't realize. I guess I just didn't really, uh, wasn't keeping up, you know, that you're like making a lot less milk now. I, I mean, I'm not making a lot less, but because like if I, for instance, today, I, the last time I fed her was, what was it, like 530, almost six. And because I fed her so late, she goes to bed at 7.30. I don't need to pump again at 7.30. That's only an hour and a half. So I'll pump. What time is it right now? 11. So I will pump right when we go to bed, which is a six-hour span from when I last pumped. And my boobs are really full right now. Like They're mm. hard. And then that's it. I'll be done. But I'll, I'll get probably at least eight ounces right now. At least. Yeah. Okay. So. We have a big supply saved up in our freezer. We do. We and we if you guys remember on Hella Bump, we contemplated whether to buy a fridge or not, the freezer, and it would turn out to be a great investment for us because we have stored a lot of breast milk and we feel really good about that. Yeah, I I use the um the little freezer bags and I went to TJ Maxx or Home Goods and I got those freeze those trays. Yeah. Those little things and I have them organized by date. So that when we go to use them, and so because um, I'm still producing so much milk, what I'm doing now currently is I'm freezing my milk every night, and I'm unthawing and using milk that I did a couple months ago. So I'm working down my supply while adding to my supply. Yeah, I want to sell it on the black market. Yeah, I won't let him. <laughs> um, well, you feel good about your pump. Yeah, I do. I really like my pump. Your handy dandy pump. What mm-hmm. is it? Tell everyone so everyone share share your equipment. I have the Medela pump in style. That's all it is. Okay. Um, our insurance covered it. Now this is something we learned. We actually learned that insurances often cover breast pumps. At right? least in California. I don't know. I they're probably it probably varies by state, but our insurance covered a hundred percent. And how much are they? They're expensive. What, two, three hundred dollars maybe? I would say like three. So good tip, you know, check your insurance before you go out and buy a breast pump because chances For sure. are uh, it could be covered. So there are certain things that you're going to need. Um, for me, I would never be able to pump if I didn't have the bra that goes on that's got the holes in it. It is basically like a superhero mask for her boobs. It looks like a <laughs> that or it looks like a naughty piece of lingerie because it's got the nipples <laughs> like cut out. Just your nipples yeah, are out. It's got the nipples cut out. Um that's one thing that we have to have. Um, the Medela um, bottles, it comes with a couple. We need a minimum. We <clears throat> use six bottles because we're constantly rotating, rotating out. Mm-hmm. And those bottles, um, they're specifically, all the stuff is obviously specifically Medela brands that all go Medella together because uh, the bottles directly attach onto the They're little... just little ones. We never feed her out of those bottles. We just use no. them for storage. Correct. Um, the Medela freezer bags. Mm-hmm. Um. I get the Medela um, cleansing bag. It's a sanitation bag. You put all of your stuff in there. You add a couple ounces of water and you put it in the microwave and it steam cleans it. Word to the right, the wise, do not steam clean your little tubes because I melted mine. Remember that? And you had to cut it? Yeah. Yeah. And you you really shouldn't have to steam clean this because there's nothing going through it's those tubes air. except air. 
but you know how I get. Yeah, no. It's, I'm very meticulous. It's a good tip. What's the the one thing that we did find that was mold in it? The little phalanges? I don't know that that's the proper word. The little flaps? Well, phalanges are another scientific word for fingers. Phalanges? It's, that's the same word. Whatever. Flaps. The little plastic flaps okay. on the pump. So the actual, the little section that connects to, so you've got your breast shields that actually go on the nipple, and then you have the connector that goes to the shield that then you screw the bottle into. That connector was growing mold, black mold in both of ours. Remember that? Yes, I do. That was scary. Very scary, because actual milk goes through that. It goes through it, yeah. So we had to, we went ahead and threw away all of our supply for like around that time that we found it. So hard to explain, but if you are a breastfeeding mother, you do have this equipment. Check the insides of those flaps i check them constantly now yeah make sure there's no mold growing in there and and you know like angel just said it's not like we just use those things over and over and we don't i mean every single night we rinse them and everything and they yeah. still got mold so check those things i clean mine regularly and i there's literally never a time that i don't at the very least rinse mine out and put them on the drying rack upside down to make sure that they're getting properly mm -hmm. air dried yeah it didn't matter mold still grew in them it was wild the other thing is your drying racks because most of you probably have the drying racks Take the little grass thing out and clean it because that thing get, gets mold in it at least once a week. Yeah, you know. That's really gross. She said grass thing. You you know those that you probably see The plastic them. grass They're thing. Like, it's like plastic grass that looking and you just put your bottles and everything upside down and it's a drying rack. Those are highly helpful. We use it obviously every day. Um, also, good thing about this pump and the Medela brand is you can get uh, Medela accessories pretty much at most of these stores, Target. Um, we actually went on vacation to Pelican Hill with our friends Jay and Lowe, and Angela forgot the breast shields. Mm -hmm. And you can't really use the thing without all these parts. So here's me and Jay. Uh, there was literally no way for me to pump without the shield. Yeah. So, and you you had to express the milk or else you were going to explode. <laughs> Pretty much. Or, you know, pump ex express by hand. And that's really not an option when you got that much milk. Uh, so me and Jay are going to tar Target at like 11 p.m. in Orange County uh, near Pelican Hill making a run for breast pump shield. <laughs> and like we had to go to three different Targets. And finally, um, we found these things. But it's convenient because, you know, most places have Target. You can find accessories, whatever you need. Um, so... Anyway, we would highly recommend that pump and those accessories. Um, with that bra that you're talking about, is that a Medela bra or is that something? I bought it on Amazon. I'll link okay. it on the blog. You also have nursing pads. you got to have your nursing pads. Yeah, it's the same brand, that Lanisau brand that does the, the gel soothies. And... What, it just soaks up any additional milk that comes yeah, out? Yeah, I buy the disposable ones. I use them all the time. I have some cloth ones. I personally don't like the cloth ones because I feel like once they get wet, they're just like wet and like damp against your skin. I don't like that feeling. They're cold. So yeah. I like the disposable ones. They're kind of like maxi pads for your breasts. Now, you have eaten a lot of lactation cookies. Mm -hmm. You you did a lot of like diet stuff to make sure that you were producing enough milk. You actually went on a keto diet for a few days mm -hmm. and that affected your milk. Mm -hmm. And you ended up stopping after a few yeah. days. It was down to about a fifth. That's crazy. Yeah. And the keto diet is basically no carbon, no sugar. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and but you have, and look, everyone's different because we've read message boards where it did not affect women's milk, but you, it 
definitely did. Oh my gosh, it was significant. Like, and it was obvious. But if you think about it, like most of the the foods that they suggest you eat for lactation are carbs. It's oats, you know, steel cut oats. So do you have any lactation cookies? Yeah. So my favorite are the Munchkin brand. I'll link them on the blog. They have a salted caramel. That's like actually good. Their oatmeal raisin, not my favorite, but the salted caramel is actually really good. What's different about a lactation cookie than a regular cookie? I don't actually know. I think that maybe they just use specific ingredients that they know promotes lactation. Listen, I've tried it all. I tried the lactation oatmeal. Um, wasn't a fan. I've tried the lactation supplements. I They probably did work, but I already had a pretty good supply. that, And, and they also, I read that they, that can sometimes give gas to babies. So I chose to just not take that. Um, there's lactation tea, but I'm not a tea drinker. Then there's things like such as coffee and yogurt and barley and oatmeal and things like that, that are supposed to promote your, um, your milk supply. So I've just regularly done those things. Um, you can find recipes on Pinterest for homemade lactation cookies and whatnot as well. You know, who can tell us what's different about a lactation cookie is my nine-year-old nephews Mm. who are, (laughs) who are sugar fiends and who, despite Angela saying, now these are my cookies, they're, I mean, obviously they didn't know what lactation means, but they're nine years old. We come in and find that the lactation cookies have been eaten because those are the only, that's the only sugar in the house at the moment. That was my uh, only bag that I had. My only bag. They ate every cookie that I had. my nine-year-old nephews got into the uh, lactation cookies. So I wish um, that they would have squirted some milk and scared the crap out of them, you know? (laughs) Just to like prove a lesson to like not do what you're not supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Is there anything because you are pretty adamant about taking vitamins and things and your biotin oils and all that, whatever. Is there anything that you attribute or that you think might have really helped you in milk production, you know, this whole time? Or do you just think this is this is just how your body is built? I mean, I noticed a significant difference when I was on keto. So clearly my body is, is carb dependent. I have spoken, I had a, a bunch of moms reach out to me on Instagram, which I love when they do this. And they're like, and they're the ones who told me that keto didn't affect their supply. But I had a couple, I read a couple of message boards and it's, and what I read is that if a woman was used to keto before pregnancy or even during pregnancy, then it's not going to affect their breastfeeding because mm. that's what their body's used to. Okay. I'd never done that before. So it was like a shock. I will say that keto helped me drop my last, what was it, like six or eight pounds of pregnancy weight Mm because I'm only one pound away right now from my normal Mm -hmm. weight. So it it really did knock off that excess weight that I just wanted to get rid of and it did it quickly. So that was great. But you you were like, you're not doing this at the expense of your your supply. Like, Well, sure. Health is more important than losing a few vanity pounds. Well, it was, you know, I think that would have been a little bit of a shock to her too, if we had to like switch her over to formula. I don't know how well that would have gone. Yeah. Well, going back though to my question, I was actually meaning more in terms of like supplements. supplements. Well, I took the lactation supplements. Like you can actually get it. Pink Stork makes them. Um, They sent them to me. I feel like they did help boost my supply. It's, um, I think it's milk thistle that's in the, um, I think that's the big one or fenugreek. It's fenugreek, I think. Um, I do think that those helped me. In regards to like normal supplements, I don't take anything different now than I did while I was pregnant or before I was pregnant. So I really think that just like the fenugreek, it it does help. Okay, let's jump to now. Uh, Is there any more things that you've learned, any new experiences that you've had over the last month or so, month or two 
Um, she's biting you now with her little gummy and like pulling your nipple, which is extremely awful. painful for awful. you. So that's she a, doesn't even have any teeth. That's a normal thing. But what's she's it going to be like when she has teeth? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I might have to throw in the towel at that point because she's killing me. Yeah. Is there anything more that you've kind of learned over the last couple of months that you didn't know in the first few months? I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is that my body will adapt to make the amount of milk that she needs. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that I realized that I kind of like at, you know, when I was having to get up at 5 a.m., I kind of thought, well, this is my life. I'm just going to always have to get up at 5 a.m. until my milk supply dries up. And then I realized, well, actually, if I just pump a little later, I'll sleep a little longer. But it's also a little bit of like, trust your body, just try it and your body will adjust. You'll adjust. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Another thing that I have realized is that when you're introducing solids, they're not supposed to be in place of breast milk. They're supposed to be in addition to breast milk. So for instance, she still nurses and then she gets her oatmeal about an hour later in the morning, but her oatmeal is made with breast milk. Mm-hmm. So she's still getting the milk that she normally gets. So that's what my pump session is at night. It's going to make her oatmeal the next morning. And, um, you know, if, you are worried about hydration if you are going through a situation where your baby's sick or whatever. You just want to add additional milk to your oatmeal to make sure they're getting that added yeah. hydration. Yep. Um, even like fruit, like I'll mix that in with a little bit of breast milk and you can thin out anything with breast milk. Like for instance, I make, um, I, ma- I make my own baby food and I add water to it to thin it out, but you could add breast milk to it if you wanted to, to just keep the water out of the diet completely and just do breast milk. Breast milk will also heal pink eye, cuts, scrapes, burns, jellyfish sting, uh, missing limb. I mean, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The craziest stuff. What are you over there looking stuff up? Well, I have a couple of, of things that I wanted to read to you guys that I saw on Pinterest. Okay. What is this? Milk facts? So this is a um, thing I saw on Pinterest or Pinterest or Instagram. One of the two. Anyways, it says, according to Hind, which I'm assuming is a doctor, H-I-N-D-E, when a baby suckles at its mother's breast, a vacuum is created. Within that vacuum, the infant's saliva is sucked back into the mother's nipple where receptors in her mammary gland read its signals. This baby spit backwash, as she delightfully describes it, contains information about the baby's immune status. Everything scientists know about the physio- yeah, physiology indicates that baby spit backwash is one of the ways that breast milk adjusts its immunological composition. If the mammary gland receptors detect the presence of pathogens, they compel the mother's body to produce antibodies to fight it. And those antibodies travel through the breast milk back into the baby's body where they target the infection. That is so wild. I am interested if that's accurate or what, because I think that's really interesting. I mean, when you hear things like that, obviously it's pretty hard to argue that breastfeeding is not the healthiest way to go. Uh, if you're able. Yeah. That's crazy. And uh, by the way, I was serious about <laughs> breast milk healing, pink eye, and like scrapes and burns and all kinds of stuff. Like it's seriously. They say it. It is like the wildest. You you guys need to look this up. It's like the all, you know, healer. I mean, this milk of the mother is just. 
<laughs> no, seriously, breast milk is supposed to be freaking awesome for a lot of things. I think another thing that was surprising to both of us, but definitely you, is once I do pump milk and it goes in the refrigerator, seeing it separate. It literally separates as mm-hmm. if it's like a, like a duck fat soup and all the fat goes to the top. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. It is. And it's all very like watery at the bottom. So every time we have to shake it up real, real hard uh, to, uh, to get it to mix. And it also differs in colors based off of what I'm eating. Yeah. Yeah. If you eat like a salad or something, you'll notice that it's got a slightly green tint to it. I feel like the curry, the, the time that I ate the curry and I had to throw those out, it has slightly orange or yellowish. Well, the milk is kind of a yellowy tint anyway. It was different though. I could I could look at it in, in a line with my other frozen milk and mm-hmm. I could tell that it Which was one? a little bit colored differently. Uh, and actually, when especially when the milk freezes, I would definitely say it's a light yellow color, not a white. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not solid white. It's definitely like a like a, a yellowish tinge. Yellowish, yeah. Yeah. But when it's thawed out, it, it's a, it's slightly yellowish, but more white than anything, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, whereas colostrum is like straight yellow. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. do you have anything else to add? Um, I've talked way too much about breast milk, considering I have don't have a, uh, what is it? I don't have a something. I don't have a cat in the race i don't have a dog a, in the race i don't have a dog yeah yeah i knew it was an when animal have you ever been to a cat race i uh, i used to go to cat races all the time it's a wild life you got there highly illegal don't tell anyone gosh. but my gosh i mean i just want to take a second to encourage everyone that breastfeeding's hard it's not easy and if you're doing it more power to you well wait now hold on real quick I like that you're trying to give a PSA here, but we just said that it came easy to us. Do you just mean the... Uh, the and all. You overall. just mean like it, it takes a lot of commitment? You Is do. That what you you mean? have to commit to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to commit to that unless you're going to pump, you're going to be the sole caretaker of that baby. It is a lot of work. It's a ton of work. Yeah. That, I mean, like every time she woke up, through the night when she was going through those midnight feedings, it was me. I was the one who was doing it because what are you going to do? You know, like yeah. it's, it's completely on the mother. So you're exhausted. You've gone through the biggest um, physical change in your life. And now you're also having to feed a baby around the clock. It's, it's hard and it's a lot of work. But I think that my biggest advice would be to do what you think is best. If you think that you want to give your baby a pacifier, then give your baby a pacifier. It didn't do anything to ours. She didn't experience nipple confusion at yeah, all. I was going to say. And clear. she rarely even takes a pacifier now. She's six months old and she really doesn't care about them. Yeah, not a whole lot. Every um, once in a while she'll want one. Yeah. But like she's not dependent on it. She doesn't need it to sleep. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need it. Like every once in a while she'll just want it to chew on. And we introduced it to her at the hospital against what the nurses told us to do. And guess what? It didn't affect her whatsoever. And you're bringing that up. That kind of sounds like a not really a breast milk. No, it's a nipple confusion thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I was going to say. The reason you're bringing it up is because it's got to do with nipple confusion. Yeah. But, yeah. Another thing that I think that a lot of people, like a lot of like hardcore lactation consultants are going to tell you never to introduce a bottle. We've never had an issue there either. She's yeah. never not taking a bottle because it's not the nipple and she's never not taking the nipple because it's not a bottle. 
Like it's we've just never had that issue. And maybe it's because we started it young. My my point is that and maybe your baby will be different on both of those things. I'm just saying that if your gut is telling you to do something that there is no black and white. Yeah. Every baby isn't the same. Every baby is different. And you got to do what's right for your baby. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Well, I think we're about all breast milked out. So uh, that is just about all we know on breast milk and, yep. and our experiences. Uh, still in the thick of it. So if we have any new things to report, maybe we'll give you a little quick update here and there. But uh, I think that's about it um, for us. Yeah. Right? Yep. And, I'm ready to go. Um, hope you guys learned something or can share that information or use that information or pass along that information. Hope you uh, enjoyed. And if you didn't, try another episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let's head up. I gotta go pump. Yeah, I'm (laughs) gonna go sleep. Hey, follow us over at uh, my socials and her socials. uh, Angela's at Angel Lanter. It's on Instagram. Mine are uh, at Matt Lanter. Both Instagram and Twitter. Follow the podcast at at Hello Baby Podcast. DM us, tweet us uh, at Hello Baby Pod if you want. Um, Sometimes we answer questions, and um, we love to hear from you guys. Also, please go on to iTunes and rate us and review us and make it real good. Make it real just like number one fanny. Blow up our heads a little bit. We'd fanny? Love to see like that. number one butt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>